leadership is one of my favorite topics to study, but admittedly, it is broad and vast and wide. Where do we fit into the puzzle of leadership? What piece can we contribute? If you ask Julia Fabry McBride, co-author of When Everyone Leads, How the Toughest Challenges Get Seen and Solved, leadership is accessible to everyone. It's an activity, not a person connected to a title. It's a way of thinking about leadership that may be new to many of you, but one I think you'll readily take to and appreciate. This book makes leadership inclusive and an open door we can all walk through rather than just reserved for Fortune 500 executives or the rich and the powerful. It's a groundbreaking look at leadership that invites all of us to have a seat at the table. Julia, who I'm speaking to today, is the Chief Leadership Development Officer at the Kansas Leadership Center, where more than 15,000 people around the world have attended programs since its inception in 2007. She's a certified coach, a former actor, and the co-author of another book, Teaching Leadership. Julia co-authored When Everyone Leads with Ed O'Malley, who isn't with us on this episode, but is worthy of a mention as well as he founded the Kansas Leadership Center in 2007 and has served as its president and CEO for the past 15 years. This is Ed's fourth book. I think you'll get inspired by this book and by this conversation. Take a listen. Julia, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here today. You are chatting with me from Kansas, which is my home state. And not only that, we're chatting the day after the Kansas Kansas State basketball game, which my alma mater lost. This is not about basketball, but it's just I'm very much on a Kansas like major kick right now. And so to be talking to you sitting in my home state is great. How are you today? I am really well, Rachel, and just so thrilled to be here with you and to find out that we have this Kansas connection is really thrilling. Kansas roots run deep and I find Kansas in places that I honestly never expect to find Kansas sometimes. And I told you offline a minute ago that I read the book, loved the book, and then put it together that, oh, this is this is a Kansas thing. Um, so you you were I, I wasn't planning on asking this, but I think it makes sense to do a little um, just do a little investigating into what what is the Kansas Leadership Center? That's that's where you work. Tell us a little bit about the, the work that you do. Yeah, we're an amazing $75 million investment in building a culture in a state and now beyond our state, building a culture where everyone leads Mm -hmm. and where people from different sectors, different factions can do, do good work and come together to create cultures that can be successful in solving our deepest, most daunting challenges. So it's a now 16 year experiment Mm. that has reached more than 15,000 people in Kansas and around the world. That's amazing. And not many people know this about me. I mean, my, my bachelor's degree is in journalism and mass communications from the University of Kansas, but I also have a leadership studies minor. So I have loved leadership and the study of it for many, many years, going all the way back to my college days and be, and before that as well. So leadership is such a broad and vast and even misunderstood word. So to you, what what is leadership? Yeah, to us, leadership is an activity. 
-hmm. And it's the activity of mobilizing, energizing people to make progress on the toughest challenges and to reach big, bold aspirations. You don't have leadership if you don't have some dissatisfaction Mm -hmm. and a vision of how things can be better. And the other really important thing is leadership is an activity that's available to anyone, Mm. whatever your level in an organization and whatever your place or position in the community, you can exercise leadership and you can contribute to making change. Well, I think that we're going to talk about this in a minute, but I think that it has always been so misunderstood that leadership is not an activity. It's a person, right? And so you, mm-hmm. you pull it back and, and, and the title of the book is when everyone leads and the book is all about championing everyone to lead wherever you are, that it's not title-based and it's not, it's not, it's just something that is accessible to everyone. And I would love to know before we dig into the weeds of the book, what was behind the idea for the book? What made you want to put pen to paper here? Because you you said that the Kansas Leadership Center has been in existence for 16 years. Obviously, everything is going well. You, you know, it's a, it's a fully well-oiled machine. Why decide to write a book now? Yeah, you know, I walked into the Kansas Leadership Center actually as a participant back in mm. 2008, one year into the existence of the organization. And I had been teaching leadership already. I'd been teaching at the University of Chicago. I'd been teaching in big global companies. And I was hit in the gut by this idea that leadership is not a position, it's an activity, and it's making progress on tough challenges. And now for I quickly talked my way into a job at the Kansas Leadership Center. And now for, yeah, going on 15 years, I have been teaching this idea that it's when everyone leads that we make progress on our tough challenges. I've been Mm -hmm. coaching people. And we've been seeing, my co-author Ed O'Malley and I, have been seeing the lights go off over and over. And we've seen the difference these ideas can make in companies. And we already have a book that Ed co-authored with Amanda Sabula called Your Leadership Edge. And that was really about the how. How do you do this? Mm -hmm. But we realized that there are thousands, millions of people who can who who can use these ideas, but who don't have the privilege of walking into the Kansas Leadership Center or participating in our virtual programs. And we want to give them that light bulb moment that I had mm-hmm. back in 2008. And this book that, uh, about why, why it's mm-hmm. so important to think about leadership as an activity. And this book is accessible. It's meant for a big, broad audience that's mm-hmm. beyond leadership junkies. And, and it's meant to give that, oh, yes, leadership is an activity. We need more of that. And it's not just your typical, I mean, look, I've read a lot of leadership books and, and I've even talked about a lot of leadership books on this show, but it's not just your typical 
black and white, you know, just, just text, 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 leadership book. It is full of um, visuals and, and it's in color and it's just, it's really engaging and it just pulls you, pulls you in. And it's just the format of it is, is really fun to read. And it really is so much about redefining leadership. The book actually begins with a 10 point manifesto about just that. So why, in your opinion, did the concept of leadership need redefining in the first place? Well, as long as we think about leadership as an activity, and Rachel, I'm just so thrilled to hear that you felt that the book, that you talk about the book as accessible like that. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, as long as we think about leadership as a position, we're gonna we're gonna by default think of that as somebody in a top job or who's being groomed and thought about as high potential, ready for ready for leadership or ready to run for office. And we need in companies, in nonprofit organizations, in faith communities, in in our cities and states, we need people who are ready to to seize their moment to lead, Mm -hmm. to to see something that they care about and find their way in their circle of influence to move that challenge forward. So that's, does that start to answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. And don't worry, we're going to have other questions that are going to dig into that as well. But I also want to add that in addition to being accessible, it's a digestible book. Mm. It's not a book with, you know, 75 page chapters about one banal topic that is not interesting. That is, it's the opposite. It's very digestible. You can, it's in little chunks, but they're all meaningful and you just, you can, you can put it down for a minute and then you can come back to it and you're going to feel just as inspired when you pick it back up as you did when you put it down. And the book comes out guns blazing with the words, you don't need a title to be a leader. In fact, and you have five leadership principles in the book. Principle number one is, as we've said multiple times already, leadership is an activity not a position. You also write that leadership and authority are not the same thing. So to some, this is going to blow their minds wide open. This is going to be groundbreaking for some, um, especially, you know, in the old school corporate America where the leader is the CEO or the leader Mm -hmm. is the president. And that's just who it is. And that, you know, if I'm at the bottom of a rung here, um, if I'm an early stage professional, or if I'm not even in the game at all, if I'm looking on the outside, looking in, I'm not a leader. I don't even have a seat at the table. So this this is gonna this is gonna be groundbreaking for some. So can you explain your thought process here? Yeah, I mean, we work with some global companies that recognize that in order to stay competitive, they they need innovation at all levels. They need people seeing challenges. And, and getting creative, getting experimental to move things forward. So our, our yeah, I mean, and, and we've just, we've seen over and over with the organizations we work with here in Kansas and beyond, that once you start to saturate the water of, the, you know, saturate the organization, the, the leadership ideas flowing in the water mm-hmm. of a company or nonprofit, that that organization, employees feel more engaged. They start 
thinking about challenges as something that they have not only uh, the possibility, but a responsibility to, to think about. And the people at the top realize, start to realize there's never been a quick fix for the things that are most important. I, I, can, I can take up the role of empowering other people, even as I do my part. And yeah, at the top of an organization, you do maybe have more influence and more and different possibilities for leadership, but everyone can lead. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we do, to, to address big 21st century challenges and to reach the kind of aspirations we know companies and communities have, the only way to do it if is if everybody's seeing their moments to lead. So yeah, you don't need a title. Love that. I mean, that's that opens the door for so mm -hmm. many people to engage in this concept, which I think leadership has been, even as someone who studied leadership, that it's an intimidating concept because it's so broad. And yeah. and you wonder where do I fit in to to this, you know, or you've been mislabeled as a follower your whole life and have been you know, either by your own decisions or maybe the decisions of others put on the margins of leadership, but everyone can lead. And I think that's the overarching, not only everyone can lead, but everyone should lead. And that's the yeah, overarching yeah. message of this book. And to that end, uh, what we were just talking about or what you were just talking about, I'd love for you to explain a concept I learned in the book, which is changing our focus from the person-centric model to the challenge-centric model. Can you explain that for us? Yeah, so when leadership is a person, we're, we're almost always gonna look at the person at the top and we're gonna, if we're not at the top, we're gonna think, oh, not my job. I just, I have to wait till the next person gets voted in or until I'm asked to do something. Mm -hmm with the challenge at the center and by by challenges we're talking about we're talking about complex challenges there's a certain type of challenge that we call a technical problem that requires expertise maybe requires good management or good authority from the top to get done but what we're really talking about are complex adaptive challenges, things like creating the, the culture you want in your company to be able to be innovative and, uh, and successful, or addressing issues around equity, diversity, and inclusion. Big, mm -hmm. hairy challenges, climate change. One that we're working on right now is the idea of a, of a hunger-free Kansas. Yeah. Challenges like that when you put that at the center, everybody, I mean, everybody in a state, everybody in a company can do something to move that challenge forward. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you, to that end, you write, if anyone can lead, then everyone can lead. Mm -hmm. And as the book suggests, everything is better when everyone leads. You write, people make progress together when everyone leads organizations, companies, and communities are more successful when everyone leads. When everyone leads, we make progress on our most important challenges. Big change happens when everyone leads. So why should everyone lead, especially for the listener out there who says, 
oh, you know, I'm not a leader. I'm more of a behind the scenes person. That's not really my MO. Talk to that listener and, and say, yeah, you should. If anyone can lead anytime, anywhere, then the other thing that's true is that no one leads all the time, everywhere. Mm, the person okay. who doesn't think of themselves as quote unquote a leader cares about something. I mean, you you have some challenge if it, you know, if it's climate, if it's something in your organization, if it's a hunger-free community or state, you have something that you care about. And we need you. Mm-hmm. And you have the possibility to live a more engaged life, a more purposeful life, and a more impactful life if you start thinking about yourself as someone who can exercise leadership. And it doesn't have to be like big, bombastic things. Yeah, As we talk about in the book, it can be a question that nobody else has asked yet or that people are shying away from. Absolutely. And I'm just, you know, I went to a seminar once. And so I have a journalism degree, but then I went off and did another career, which I was perfectly happy and content in for many years for six, six to eight, two years in graduate school, six years as a professional. So eight years total. And I remember going to a seminar and wanting to be a full-time writer. And I wasn't, I was in education at the time, freelancing on the side. And the speaker said, you know, exactly what you're meant to do with your life. And so few of you are actually doing it. And it hit me like a ton of bricks and I had to leave the room and and I was in tears because I knew that I wasn't in the, in the right place. And so as, as you speak, Julia, I, I know that some of my listeners know that challenge, whether it's ending hunger or working to eradicate Alzheimer's disease or Mm -hmm. cancer, or just whatever that that sticky challenges. Listeners, you know where you're supposed to be contributing, or most of you do. And I hope that if nothing else, this episode encourages you to just start somewhere, contribute, let let Julia's words, let this book tell you that any, as principle number two says, anyone can lead anytime, anywhere. Principle number three, leadership starts with you and must must engage others. I just, again, think so many people are intimidated by leadership. They don't believe they have a leader in them. I'm wondering, and you know, you, I doubt you can pinpoint a, a year or a date, but when did leadership become something that only a few can do? And other mm-hmm. than reading your book, which everyone should, how can listeners move past that incorrect assumption? When did, when did leadership become such an elite club that only so few could get into? You know, I think that almost as long as there's been a study of leadership and maybe the word leadership, it up until just the last few years, it has been a great man, usually a great white uh-huh. man uh-huh. theory of leadership. That uh-huh. was the prevailing theory. And people studied these 
biographies, and, and there's lots to find out about the activity that they did, but people were studying them thinking, oh, I don't, I don't have those characteristics. I don't have that position. I don't, you know, I didn't grow up that way. How I didn't go to that school. So for as long as there's been a field of leadership and leadership studies up mm -hmm. until very recently, it has been thought of as a position. Now, thankfully, we're getting more to this idea of leadership as an activity and even the idea of collective leadership that we can't, with our biggest, most daunting challenges, we can't do, no one can do it alone. We need the collective surrounding the challenge to carry it forward. And really, yeah, what can, what can people do? You can, I mean, Rachel, I just, I love your story and I love that you were available to hear what that person at that seminar was saying. It was not by coincidence, like, for sure. It was, I yeah, was that right you there let on it, purpose. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That you let it hit you that way mm -hmm. is just, just beautiful. So thank you. I think the first thing is I'd invite listeners to hear this call mm -hmm. as for you, what do you care about enough right. to do something different? And then, you know, who, who can you talk to about it? I think the other thing that's really important to me, because my background is as a coach, an executive coach, a leadership coach, find somebody you can talk to about what you care about and brainstorm with them about small things at first that you can do to learn more about that challenge and to engage with people who you might be able to bring along with you. So I think often it starts with conversations over coffee, hearing yeah. the call and then going to have conversations over coffee. Yeah, it just starts somewhere. I think you know, I think so many people, including myself, get trapped in this uh, perfectionism trap where all the dots have to be lined up just perfectly to start. That's not true. Just start with a coffee somewhere. Just yeah. have a conversation. And, you know, I hope, I pray that this conversation between you and I is to at least a few listeners like that seminar was to me. It changed my life. It got my wheels turning and my my motor started to go and live the life that I had always imagined living, but was quite honestly at the time too afraid to live. And now I have, and it's, it's beautiful on the other side of, of, of a dream, you know, I'm, I'm living my dreams and principle number four in the book is leadership is risky. That is very true, but I, I'm so excited to ask you this question. Why is leadership worth the risk? Yeah, leadership is risky because it's it always involves stepping outside our comfort zone. And it is worth the risk because first of all, we we get to choose how far outside that comfort zone we step. Mm -hmm. So we can step a little outside. And if if we do something, if we ask a question over coffee or if we speak up in a meeting and share a perspective that other people don't want to hear, 
we learn something. It's worth the risk because when we step out of our comfort zone, we always learn something. And whatever, if, if, if we speak up and offer a, a perspective other people don't want to hear, we can then look around the table and see who, who, it, who it upsets and who might be our ally mm-hmm. that we could talk to offline so that the next time we speak up, we'll, we'll have a partner. Mm-hmm. So you can always learn something. And I just, I, I was that person, you know, maybe before I came to the Kansas Leadership Center, who was worried about speaking up because I was afraid I wouldn't do it right. Mm-hmm. And I have just learned over and over and over in these past 15 years that I, when you even if you don't do it perfectly correctly, you don't die and you always learn something and you always make a connection that you didn't think you'd make with somebody. If if imperfection was a killer, we'd all be dead, right? Because not one of us is perfect. So I want to touch lastly on principle number five, which is leadership is about our toughest challenges. So you said this at the top of the show, and we're going to circle back to that, that leadership always starts with dissatisfaction. Then you go on to write about a process called identifying the gap. So what is that process of identifying the gap? Yeah, we we encourage and, and actually just work with almost everybody who comes to a leadership program or coaching with the Kansas Leadership Center to ask yourself and ask your colleagues when you think about the future of and it can be your community, your organization, your family, what concerns you the most? And then when you think about the future, what are your aspirations? And you really get people uh, thinking about their biggest concerns and their boldest aspirations. And they don't all have to match up. The idea is to just get people thinking deeply about that dissatisfaction and boldly imagining how things could be different. And then you ask the question, what makes progress hard Mm. in that gap between concerns and aspirations? And what that third question does is it helps people see where there are opportunities for leadership, because the answers are almost always things like people think differently about the challenge. There are, even within myself, there are values competing. I want to do this, but my desire for comfort or security is holding me back. Different factions have different ideas how to move a challenge forward. You start to see where who you need to have coffee with, what kind of questions you need to start asking, whose perspectives aren't at the table. So you start to see why the challenge is challenging and why it's it's such a struggle for people to make progress and why leadership from positions of authority is never going to be enough. Mm-hmm. I love all of this so much. I am on this big kick in 2023. Uh, the show is in its third year and I'm in this 
on this big kick in the past few episodes of leaving listeners with at least one takeaway tip they can do today to start in this case leading. And maybe you already said it, maybe it was just sitting down for coffee with someone, but what is something listeners can do today to start practicing leadership in their own lives? I'd really recommend that you draw a circle and write the big challenge in the middle that you care about. And again, that can be like making your small team of five people at work more cohesive, or it can be something much bigger. Draw a circle, write your challenge in the middle, and then just start maybe draw some arrows and start thinking, yeah, who could I talk about this, this challenge with? Who are five people? I could have either a coffee conversation or a quick huddle with and get their perspective on that challenge I've, I've put in the center. Mm -hmm. I love that. Boom. There you go. Listeners do it. It's, it's never, it's never as hard as we make it. Is it? It really just isn't. No, it isn't. It just really isn't. Whether it's leadership or what, um, having more fun, starting this dream. I mean, it's just never that hard to start, you know, just, just start today. And, you know, I always end with this final question. I love this question because I always love to know an author's intention, you know, and why, why you, because books are not a, an easy undertaking or a small feat. They're, they're hard work. And so what do you hope readers get out of when everyone leads? Cause there's a lot to to be, this is bad grammar, but there's a lot to be gotten here. There's a lot to be gotten. <laughs> and, and so what do you hope readers get out of the book? It's this, I mean, I'm kind of feeling it in my body, Rachel. And it's this idea that maybe you, you stand up a little straighter yeah, and you have your eyes a little, you know, a little bit on a pivot of where's my moment What's the moment I can see now that I've started thinking about leadership as an activity? What's that moment I can see and then seize? Oh, yes. See it and seize it. Yes. That's that's it. That's it. I kind of cut you off. I want you to be, finish your thought. Maybe that No, I think I was done, actually. I was just that's, like you looking know off into the distance trying to see what my next moment is. When it's that good. When it's that good, see it and seize it. Listeners, hear that. Put that, put that in your mind and feel that. Like we, because we, I know we're both feeling that. See it and seize it. Their life is ours and we can make a difference. We can all lead. As you write, no one leads everywhere. So we need everyone leading somewhere. So here is to going forth and leading for all of us, for you, Julia, for me. And for everyone listening, the book is When Everyone Leads, How the Toughest Challenges Get Seen and Solved, and it's out January 31st. Thank you so much for being here today. What an inspiring conversation. I'm going to think about what my next move in leadership is. So thank you for this. Thank you, Rachel. It's been a joy. Whatever is tugging on your heartstrings, listeners, answer that call 
you never know how you can make a difference and there's no better time to start than right now. The book again is When Everyone Leads, How the Toughest Challenges Get Seen and Solved. It's out today, January 31st, the same day as the Kansas-Kansas State Sunflower Showdown basketball rematch that we talked about earlier in the program. If you'll remember when we recorded the episode, Kansas State won that game. I held this episode until after tonight's game ended just to proudly tell you, as I hope to be able to tell you, that my alma mater, Kansas, won this time around. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. We'll be back later this week with two conversations, one on wellness and one on status. No, not your Facebook status. Think prestige. Is how we look at status changing? We'll dig into it and so much more later this week. Talk soon.